Welcome to the Young Man's Guide to Life podcast, where we try to help young adults live their best life by calling out misconceptions about adulthood. Yes. By helping you learn from the mistakes of others, i.e. our mistakes, and by empowering you to take risks so that you can live the best life, the life that we believe you were made to live. That's awesome. My name is Andrew, and I'm the host of this podcast, and this is my close friend and co-host, Wow, Eric Jensen. Close friend? We became close friends we a few just, minutes ago when just, you told me something. <laughs> we just notched our friendship level. We notched it up. That's, That's cool. what we're all about here at the Young Man's Guide to Life. Yeah. Podcast is notching up friendship. <laughs> nice. Ratcheting yes. it up. Yeah. Today, we have a very special it. episode. We do. And I've been looking forward to this one for a long time because I think this is one of the biggest misconceptions about adulthood. Yeah. And I hear this from young adults all the time. Yeah. And so today's podcast is mostly going to be about I can't get married. Yeah. I can't get married. I hear that all the time. Everybody has a hundred reasons, a hundred excuses why they can't get married. And the two of us are married. We are. And you were married. As of now. I mean, my, my wife hasn't. Let me know any different. And yeah, you're still married. It's four o'clock today, so it's pretty good. I made it. Yeah, usually by day. four o'clock, she's like sending you kind of leading texts, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm. I think we're good today. I yeah, made yeah. it through another day of marriage. Yeah. Yes, and I'm. I'm still married. I've been married for what four years? You've been married for how many years? Almost ten. When? Did, how old were you when you got married? I was 21. We'll jump into that a little bit later in the podcast. But you were 21. I was 24 yeah. when I got married, and we were both able to do it. And we're not impressive. So. Well, I think you're impressive. Thanks. Thanks, You Eric. said that thing about BS being close friends, and now I just, like, you're my, I'm your biggest that's, fan now. That's so nice. <laughs> so what we want to do later in the podcast is we want to spend a lot of time talking about all the misconceptions about getting married, getting married young, what needs to yeah. be in place in order to get married, should you get married, what's wisdom, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because we think it's important to talk about. Yeah. Before we do that, though, we were having an off-camera conversation that we need to continue because we, we found a bit of a divide in our relationship a few minutes ago. Yeah, we almost we were risking our friendship. We risked it on on the subject of comedians. Of comedians, the question was, uh, can you have comedy without offending somebody? And I was on the side saying, no, like all comedy, the whole point of comedy is offending people. You're supposed that you can't, nothing's that funny unless, unless it has the potential to offend somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying, no, that's not true. It's garbage. So I, I was, I was like bringing up some comedians that I thought were, uh, like, and I think that there's a bit of a semantics here because I think we need to talk a little bit about what do we mean by offensive? Because like you were saying, uh, that like, uh, the, the well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was saying that the content doesn't need to be inherently offensive mm-hmm. in order to be funny. Fair. So, in other words, like Seinfeld episodes are funny because you know there's this crazy character that lives across the hall, and they get into shenanigans about breakfast cereal and parking right, right. spots, and like all these things that have no particular offensive quality to them and it's just the truth of the absurdity of normal life mm-hmm. that makes it funny right um and you were kind of i was kind of we back and forth we were kind of talking about it differently i think so the context of it was i this week we were still in the covid situation where we're mostly on quarantine so uh we're watching a lot of stuff and while yeah. i was doing dishes this last week I watched the comedian Dave Chappelle get the Mark Twain Award. And for those who don't know, the Mark Twain Award is like the ultimate award in comedy. It's like yeah. only given to very few people, people who transcend the genre of comedy. And, and if you know, and if, you've been, if you haven't been living under a rock, you would know that 
Dave Chappelle is that. And so he was given this award because he's kind of like at the peak yeah. of the comedy period, at least in my opinion and in the people who vote on the most important prestigious comedic awards opinion. Maybe Eric differs on that. Yeah. But so I'm thinking he's up there. And then the, and the thing about him is that he is like the he is the he, he people are so offended by things that he says, but not for that long. But his comedy is it's so offensive or it can be so offensive or has the potential to be so offensive even though you know it's done in the name of comedy and right. therefore it's okay. And, and I'm kind of from the position that I haven't listened to that many funny guys who their content isn't on the border of making people feel uncomfortable about being offended themselves or the person next to them being offended. Yeah. And you're saying, no, that's not true. You don't need that in order to have good comedy. I, I don't think you need it. I, I, I think that some guy, I think the truly funny people in the world are funny uh, outside of their, uh, uh, I think truly funny people are the ones who are good enough to work clean and good enough to, to, to point out what's funny about everyday life. Mm. And I do actually think that Dave Chappelle has that gift. He does. So I'm not like saying Dave Chappelle's not funny because right. he's hilarious. And he's also from Ohio, just so you know, There you go. which I am too. All great things come from Ohio. Yeah. But so- I am saying that, that comedy in and of itself doesn't require like provocative a provocative nature in order to be funny. I think I agree with that. Right. I agree with that. I, I, I believe in clean comedy. There's actually a couple of clean comics on Netflix that I think are brilliantly funny. Yeah. One of them you just look at and you laugh. He's that funny looking. Yeah. And so he's got that kind of edge to him. Some people they just use kind of dramatics and that makes them funny or whatever. Yeah. But I think I think th- at the heart of comedy is critique. At the heart of comedy right. is critiquing the obvious or maybe the not so obvious in the obvious or the things that we all miss but that they're able to see and they're able to deconstruct or critique or call out the absurdity in. Yeah. And anytime you have critique, what you have is a potential of offense. You are either critiquing a certain way of life and people who live that way of life might feel offended that you're critiquing it or you're critiquing an item or the way something was developed or the way something was built and the person who built it, the designer, might feel a little bit offended by that. So that's kind of my take on it. Not that it has to be rude or overtly offensive. Yeah. What, what What comedians are you watching right now? Oh, what comedians am I watching? I'm watching, I just watched uh, Chris D'Elia. We were just watching yep. him last night. He has a new special. Is he good? Uh, he's good. He's one of those kind of like, he's one of those, this is the, he's one of those kind of like crazy, silly, goofy. You think he's just yeah. like a, you know, a crazy guy. Yeah. Um, but he's actually like a pretty sane guy. This was, he was, so he's interesting. He's not quote unquote a clean comic, right. but he doesn't do any drugs and he doesn't drink. Right. He's never drank alcohol or done any drugs in his whole Oops. life. And so he's one of these characters who you watch him and you think, okay, this guy clearly did drugs before coming out on stage and his whole shtick is really, right. he's not coherent, right? He's being crazy and wild and he's got these eyes, right? <laughs> but he's yeah. actually totally clean in that respect, even though his comedy isn't quote unquote clean. And when we say clean comedy, what we're talking about is like guys who don't, cuss all the time and make jokes about female anatomy, right? Right, right. Like that's mostly what we're talking about. Yeah. And so, you know, but when it comes to lifestyle, he's actually pretty unique in that respect. I saw Tom Segura recently. I watched him. He's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, You know who I don't think is funny that gets a lot of press is Trevor Noah. Not a Trevor Noah fan. I've never found Trevor Noah funny. Not a, no. 
No, even he uh, does late night, right? Is that his what show doing? is like it's he's okay. great on the show yeah. in that he's like this kind of funny but still proper and respectable and clean, young, progressive yeah. guy, right? Yeah. But his stand-up's not very good. No. And you know who else is is terribly not <laughs> funny? <laughs> so critical. He's like world-class comedian. Yeah. Who, <laughs> exactly. who are you talking? Do, um, do you watch Saturday Night Live? Yeah. So Michael Che, yeah. I think has the worst delivery I've ever seen on TV in comedy. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. But he's like I've not seen any of his like stand up or anything. Oh man, he's at the top of the game. Yeah. He's very political and I think right. people find that funny and he can make, you know, racial jokes. Uh, and stuff like that that yeah. people find funny. And him sitting with Colin Yost, who's like the awkward white guy. Yeah. There's a funny dynamic there. Yeah. But I just have a hard time with his comedy. His I just don't think his his delivery is very good at all. And it stresses me out watching Saturday Night Live, like yeah. the mecca of of comedy. Yeah. But, oh, Saturday Night Live is not the Saturday Night Live at one point was maybe the mecca of comedy, but it's the still last where you go 15 to get years. Nah. Not anymore. In 15 years, the comedians that you're going to watch in movies are people who were on Saturday I Night I think Live. it used to be that way. Like the David Spade and the uh, and all those guys, like uh, uh, Chris Farley and um, uh, who's, who's that guy? Oh, my gosh. Adam Sandler. Like all those guys came out of Saturday Night Live, and it was like the grooming place. Now it's sort of like Kenan Thompson, who like used to be funny and was on – like he kind of had like He's a, still brilliant, a meteoric rise, and then yeah. like now it's like where he settled. Yeah, he was weird in that he never took off into right. Like and it was like going ah, I guess I'll do Saturday Night Live. Live. He's hilarious. Right. I think he's incredibly talented. Uh, uh, dude, Kate Keen- McKinnon though. Kate McKinnon is the thing is I never want to watch. She got discovered there. Yeah, a, for sure. I never want to watch a Saturday Night Live episode without her in three sketches. <laughs> But I also want her Dude, to do far more than Saturday Night Live. She does the she's, alien abductions. What's that? Have you seen the... the <laughs> oh, the, when she played the hit the, girl? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my it's so that's good. That's the most ridiculous It's so thing. good. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. we're in agreement that Dave Chappelle obviously is at the top of the comedy period, or at least close to it. What's Damn. You're looking at, like... I don't know. I, I know. You said that earlier. I don't think he's... I don't. There's sketch I, I comedy. Let that the seven. Chappelle show. There's nothing that's ever touched the Chappelle show or that's ever true. will. That's true. And if you rewatch it Prince, on YouTube, all his it's Prince funnier. It's really, really oh funny. Oh my goodness! It's there's just yeah. there's so too many characters that no, I don't think anybody will ever yeah. touch. I think I think stand up is the hot the pinnacle of comedy mm. is stand up because it's you on a stage by yourself and with your material and that's yep. it. And and like sketch comedy is okay and like really really good sketch comedy is really fun. But like it's still I think you need. That, I, I have such a respect for stand-up comics. Yeah. But somebody I'm watching that I, he hasn't released anything in a while, but at least that I know of, is that is James Acaster. I don't I've never heard that. British name. guy. He does these oh, really I've seen him. He he's kind of weird. Really weird delivery yeah. and like storytelling and, and all of it. Yeah, it's very fun. This uh, Neil Brennan's three mics. Neil Brennan's good. Is phenomenal. He was a head writer on Chappelle Show. He was the head writer of Chappelle Show. So yeah. He's I guess he I'm, is absolutely brilliant. I guess I'm kind of putting myself back. I'm arguing with myself now. Yeah, you are. So basically where we're at, I think that all comedy is has, I think there's a, there's a potential of offending. You say you can do it without the challenge for us though, as pastors, especially doing this live stream stuff and these podcasts, like I've said things already (laughs) in four weeks of doing this, that is recorded and is going to be on the internet forever that have, has offended people, and I'm not even trying to do that, but we're trying to be light, we're trying to be fun, we're trying I, to, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, 
But there's think, always that potential of offending some people or somebody yeah. because we are trying to be authentic and be funny and, cri- and be critical and do that kind of stuff, you know? And I yeah. feel like it, we're kind of stuck sometimes where we as just, pastors. <laughs> we just get the bad thing? Well, we just we, we want we to present ourselves as authentic because we want to be. We want to be the whole, we talked about in our last podcast, oh, right, but, but being real, being authentic, and we're pastors, but we're humans too. But then... Do you find There's, that to be a pressure that you feel like you can't be authentic and you're afraid of yourself being offensive to somebody? There's a lot of things that I would say in like with my Once wife that I think is hilarious that you wouldn't say that I can't say. Not even like I, I yeah. won't like I can't because you have to also be wise. Like there's being yeah. like there's you want to be wise at the same time as kind of free and expressive. Yeah. So well, there's, there's a, a there's a young man's guide tip right there uh, is is the ability uh, deference to other people mm. and not just saying whatever comes to your mind, but being, that's a, that's a good, that's, that's actually good. a really good take. That's, that's a, a really healthy a good take. trait. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, some young adults actually come have talked to me even in the past year about how they feel like the church is so judgmental and they just want to be themselves and yeah. talk how they want. And a lot of the questions actually they, the students come up with is, um, you know, what's, what's, what's the problem with swearing? What's, yeah. what's the big deal about it? Right. Yeah. And the answer I'm always giving them is that, well, language is, somewhat relative and subjective and what was sure. a swear word 50 years ago isn't today and what is today wasn't 50 years ago yeah but you're wise to actually make choices about what you're saying around people yeah. based on how it's going to portray not just you but Jesus in you to that group of people maybe that, that sounds like a, a a young man's guide topic we should do sometime that's a sermon that's a whole thing not let's a do sermon that. let's yeah, not do no. a sermon let's talk about that soon let's talk about that that'd be fun but Difference before we talk about that, let's pivot because we got an important topic that we want to talk about today. Let's pivot. And that's I can't get married. I can't get married. Why can't you? Why can't I get married? So the, the, the idea behind this is uh, I hear this all the time. Like, oh, we, we're going to get married, but and then there's some excuse. What are the top five excuses? Let's go through the top five excuses that young adults give you or give me why they can't get married. All right, I'll give you the first first one is I'm not financially stable. Not fi- what does financially stable fin- mean? Exactly. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, do you want to do you want to like Yeah, no, talk let's get the five. These? No, let's get the five first. All I'm right. not financially stable just so people know what we're going to talk about and they stick around in case it's interesting to them. Second one second. is I'll get married after I'm done with school. After I'm done school. University. Yeah. Cuz I can't get married while I'm in university or doing school. It's impossible. Right. Yeah. Uh, the other one is I can't get married because I'm too young. Too I'm, I'll young. get married when I'm 28. 30. 30. 30. Yeah, 28's young, man. 30. So I'm too young. What are some others? What, what are some that you had? Because I know you had a couple. Yeah, careers. So careers. I was thinking some people are like, I just started my career. Don't want to mess it up with getting married. Yeah. I'm waiting to get into this position. Then I think I'll be in a position to get married. I'm so focusing on my career right now. They're not stable in their career. Yeah. And what's your number five? What was my number five? <laughs> Is it personal development? I was like, I'm not ready. Yeah. 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 So the biggest ones are that financially stable, yeah. education, I'm too young, I'm not stable in my career. In my career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was, I'm like, just not ready. That's yeah, what it like was. Personally. And it was, I'm not, yeah. So commitment. What I meant by that is, um, you know, I'm just, I'm too mature. Yeah. She's too immature. He's too mature. We're just not ready. Yeah. We don't know what that means. We don't know what it means yeah. to be ready. There's no definition around it, but it's just, yeah. I'm not ready. Speaking of I'm not ready, fun tip 
uh, so Ashton, when I proposed to her, yeah, um, when I, the first thing she said to me was, "I'm not ready." Really? Yeah, it was a terrifying moment. Wow. It was half a second, and what she later communicated was what she meant by that. Yeah, and I, I'm going to take her word for this. What <laughs> she meant by that was like. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't yeah, prepared yeah, yeah, for yeah. this moment. Yeah, that's but cool. We were walking, and I was about to get on the knee. That's and she better. Said, I'm than not ready. My my engagement story ended with me and Austin in, in a, uh, a Taco Bell drive-through ordering <laughs> chalupas. That was the 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 peak of our our wonderful. Well, why don't we spend moment. thirty? Why don't we spend thirty to fifty seconds t- telling a quick story? What is okay. what is the proposal? Quick uh, proposal. My my proposal went sideways. So I. Austin was living in North Carolina. I was living in Virginia. It's about a six-hour drive. I decided to, I plotted with her friends to uh, set up this meeting at our, like, a coffee shop in her town, and I was going to surprise her when I was there. And so um, her friends get her, like, hey, we're going out, and didn't tell her what it, and I was driving down. And so I had the ring and all that stuff, and um, and, uh, uh, they... We're having an event at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to just like took it upon themselves to relocate our engagement and took her to Starbucks. Bad friends, man. Starbucks, bro. So I am like, whatever. Okay, that's fine. This was like before GPS. Mm-hmm. And so I like didn't really know how to, I didn't know where else to go, you know? So I just like was like, fine, whatever. So we showed up at Starbucks, and she, her friends didn't tell her to, like, dress up for anything. So she's wearing, like, sweatpants. She was mad at her friends because she's, like, you know. Please tell me. Yeah, yeah, messy hair and sweatpants. Yeah. And we have this really lame video of us getting married in the, the middle of. Uh, but it was kind of cute because it was a surprise. But then. The, getting the engaged, re- you're saying. Yeah, the, sorry. Yeah, getting engaged. Um, the, the funniest part was that I didn't think of anything after will you marry me and so like i was like will you marry me and a lot she of said, people yes. make that mistake man we hugged and then there, there was this like now what moment uh, and i was like i'm kind of hungry and so we went across the street and got taco bell so oh, that good. was our engagement story that's a that's actually a pro tip <laughs> pro tip is have a plan of what you're doing right yeah. after the engagement the otherwise it's day. mad awkward yeah plan the whole day and don't let your friend uh, Josh Wood and I think it was Leah actually, mm. uh, our friend Leah who relocated. Yeah, don't They're rely too much on her friends. That's just unreliable. It's hurtful. Yeah, maybe rely on your family <laughs> if you can uh, in that scenario. My story is that um, we I had moved to Indiana for school in yeah. August. We came back in September for Josh and Kayla Layman's wedding, who some of you may know. Yeah, and so all of my friends were in town and were prepared to be a part of this already and I thought it'd be a cool thing to do with friends present and I also have some friends with picture or cameras who took yeah. some nice pictures and video of it so um on the Sunday after the wedding the wedding was on Saturday Sunday after church we'd all planned on going on a hike to the special falls that's nearby it's yeah. beautiful uh, fall day and uh, I had my parents and my family in advance go set up one of these kind of lookout spots over the falls with you know kind of things and section it off so no one could go there with a yeah. bottle of wine and stuff like that. So we're on our way with our friends doing a hike. She had no idea. And uh, then we got up these stairs. But so there's a stairs, basically this, this is probably like four, f- three stories of stairs up the side of this hill <laughs> to get to the platform. Yeah. And we're all walking together. I'm obviously like sweating nervous, right? <laughs> got a ring in my pocket. Everybody knows yeah. what's going on except for her. <laughs> 
And, uh, and she just, this is something Ashton would do. She gets to the stairs and she bolts up the stairs, yeah. right? So she's leaving us all in the dust. Yeah. I'm looking back at my friends going, I don't know what to do. She doesn't realize what's up there is for her. Yeah. She gets up there. She sees these signs like this is sectioned off. She's like, thinks in her mind like, oh, that's cute. Someone's getting someone's engaged getting today. engaged. Keeps going by. I finally get to the top of the stairs and I'm like, hey, you need to come back here. And then she was like, oh, shoot, it's me. Yeah. So we walked over. Did the thing, and it That's was really, cute. really beautiful. You, and then you did it right. we planned it on a day where we went straight to a 21 Pilots concert after, in the evening. That was our dinner plan. So we went to Distillery District, Toronto. We had a friend of ours from the show come take some pictures of us there, yeah. and then also went to the show after. So it was like an amazing, amazing day. I know. That's I'm pretty, pretty cool. awesome. If you need any tips, let yeah. me know. Yeah. Take, I, I learned those lessons the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I, my next marriage, I'll do it right. Yeah. Don't tell my wife. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I, that's, that's not funny. I haven't tried that hard since, so I need to keep, work, I need to keep yeah. working on it. We can, you can make, just amp up your date night to amp, be as important as the, the engagement. I should. I, I, that's actually a pro tip. That's something I need to do. That's yeah. something that uh, you can learn from. So there's a couple misconceptions, five yeah. misconceptions that we noted. Let's go through them and call each of them out because the point of this show is to call out misconceptions about adulthood yeah. so that you can actually live your best life. So the first one, I'm not financially stable. I'm not financially ready, et cetera, et cetera. What are some subcategories you of that? Will, well, uh, subcategories of that is people think that it's the mature thing to do to have some arbitrary amount of money in a bank account mm-hmm. somewhere in order to get married. Yeah. Um, and there's two reasons for that. One of them is like life stability. I think people rightly want to go into marriage like pre- well prepared. Yep. Um, and I think that that's good. There's wisdom in, in that. The, in, at least in the thought process. Mm-hmm. But the other one that I, that I hear a lot that I don't like is in order for us to pay for the wedding that we want, I need yeah. 20 grand. Yeah to pay for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's a terrible use of money. Uh, to that, like It's one night and you're just feeding a lot of people. And right. I don't know. So I, I would advise people getting married to, to uh, uh, think ahead. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, don't, don't put all your money and all your dreams into one event because it won't. I've done a lot of weddings. I've been a part of a lot of weddings. Something always goes wrong. It's, you know, it's always beautiful. Some of the best weddings I, I've been to have been in people's backyards. How much you did know? your wedding cost? Uh, yeah, I, I, I paid $4,000. Okay. So it cost you yeah, my parents, $4,000. Bucks, parents uh, we in. did. Yeah, we got the venue for free. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, her dress was uh, um, not that expensive. Uh, she looked really good, though. It was awesome. So, so. Uh, but we did a pig roast, actually. We had a, a nice. rotisserie pig in my parents' backyard and nice. just had like a f- kind of a fun outdoor community thing. Yeah. We, uh, our wedding, we actually had a, a U.S. wedding uh, where we had a lot of friends and family, yeah. about 260, come down for that wedding. Uh, a lot of people from Indiana that in Ashton's um, tradition, or at least from uh, from their cultural background. She's from the, Indiana. Well, the, the bride's parents pay for, right. for that, right? Yeah. Or, or for a lot of it. So actually yeah. that was paid for mostly by them. Thank you, Ranks. That was amazing. And it was such a cool Dave thing Rick. to do. Um, and that was a wonderful wedding. But that was about, I think, ten to $11,000 U.S. Yeah. And then my parents paid for a Canadian reception, which was probably another five or six Canadian. Dang, you guys something. are high rollers. Yeah, we got, well, we got blessed. We got blessed by a family That's who awesome. actually thought, like, this is our... Yeah. This is our role. This is our responsibility. We yeah. paid some money out of pocket for some of these things. but yeah. um, So that's kind of what it costed. But the question is, what does it actually cost to get married? 
Yeah. And the answer to that question is actually almost like nothing. Zero. Yeah. I, if you can find a free efficient, which if you want, you can ask yeah, me to do if it. If you call Renew Church home, I will marry you for free. Yeah. So it basically costs you going to the government it's office like the form, and you know, yeah, asking them for or 50 bucks or something like that. Yeah, no. basically. And you just need two friends so you don't have to pay to be there to be witnesses. Yeah. So in reality, a wedding doesn't actually cost you almost anything if you want to get married. Getting married yeah. doesn't cost you almost anything. It's, it's Finances is a terrible reason to not get married. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should be thinking... Who what am I can, marrying? <laughs> who? Well, the, the, we're going to get to that basically, yeah. but but yeah, if you have someone who's worth marrying, you want to marry, you should marry. Then the question shouldn't be, yeah. uh, what the, dream wedding do I have, and when will I have enough money to have it? Yeah. The question should be, uh, when is it best for us to get married, and then yeah. what are we going to be able to afford by that time? Yeah, that's kind of the better and, way to think about yeah. it. Yeah, and and to to not put all your stock into the fairy tale wedding, I think we put too much. Um, honestly, it's easy for me, a dude, to mm-hmm. say. I know, I know, it's probably different for the ladies out there and some guys, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I watch people spend way too much money on weddings, and it's a little heartbreaking. But it is. We actually have finances. friends who um, in, in Ohio who just got married during this COVID thing. Uh, there was all this kind of stuff webcam. going on around things here and there with family and stuff like that. And it wasn't even on webcam. It was um, some friends um, that Joel married. Oh, some yeah. friends of mine. Yeah, Three Creeks. They just, they literally just him and her and their two witnesses and they're fishing. They went and got married and they're married, nice. right? And it's real. It's legitimate. It's yeah. as legitimate as any wedding I've ever seen, well, any marriage I've ever seen. Costed yeah. them basically nothing to do. They are married. They get to live as married people. Yeah. And they might do some sort of thing in the future when they can afford it or whatever. But yeah. So, yeah, number one, I'm not financially stable. Bad reason, bad excuse. It's wise to be saving, but not just to get Depends married. Depends on why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, you don't have to have any money. You yeah. can have all your school debt. I worked, you know, I worked part-time at Best Buy when I got married to my wife. And I was in seminary spending yeah. lots of money. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I was also spending lots of money because I worked at Best Buy. <laughs> so What's I the bought a lot of Best Buy. What was the discount? The uh, I think they got it for cost. Oh, that's yeah, pretty so good. it was pretty good. There's Some, a pro certain tip. things were like a, a laptop computer was like no money off, yeah. but like DVDs, you got them for like two dollars. Nice. So second misconception: I have to be done my degree before I get married. Yeah. I hear this all the time, especially here. There's, there's a, there yeah. is an emphasis on education, which is a yeah. good thing. Education's great. Finish your degree. Don't finish halfway through, three quarters through, and then ditch yeah. it. Finish it. It's good. It'll help you. But can you get married while you're doing school? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And actually, I think it's, it's really helpful. Some, in, in some, some ways, um, it, it puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who invest time and money into their education, um, and it's not going to be part of their long-term life. Like we see that all the time, people, uh, you know. And so if if you have somebody who you want to go through life with, and like that's the biggest piece of your life really mm-hmm. is the partner that you you go through Absolutely. life with. Yep. And so you're going to change careers and you're going to do other things Probably, and you're yeah. going to struggle and you're going to, but if, if you have the person, right, which, uh, you know, like that's the most important thing. And so, um, if you guys can get through school together, um, in a lot of ways you can save on, if you're both in school, you yep. can save on housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're, you know, one of you is in school, one of you is not, then one of you can work yep. and help the other one. So there's a lot of, uh, really good things about doing something like and that. Did you do some school while you were 
Yeah. 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 And it's tough. Like, honestly, it it could be tough. We actually had kids while I was, I was in school. And so I would, I would work all day. Hold up. Are you here? Are you a real person? I am. You had kids and you were doing school and you were working and and you were married. married. I didn't know that was possible. It it is. It's possible. Ladies and gentlemen. It's wild. You heard it here. You heard it here. And it was, I was actually, we look back on those times fondly. It was, it was, it was good for us. Mm-hmm. It really helped shape us, which is something that I want to talk about overall. So maybe now's not the time, but yeah, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. What's the next one? The second, the third one is I'm too young to get married. How too young, young is too young? How young is too young? That's a good question. I was 24. Is that too young? I was 21. So I guess I, I have no more high down. Austin was 20. Yeah. My sister-in-law, Abby Bromer was 18. Too young. She got married. Way too young. You don't know yourself. You haven't experienced enough life. You haven't traveled. You haven't saved up. You haven't bought your own home yet. You haven't gotten your career. You're way too young to get married. You want to know what they're doing right now? They have a nice little baby. She's pregnant with their second. They live in Hawaii. Wow. Hawaii. And they own a home. There's your pro tip. Get married at 18 and you can own a home in Hawaii. There it is. You heard it first here. Yeah. I, you did. There's probably an age that's too young, and that's probably... Well, legally, uh, there's, there is a legal age. I don't know exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah, but I, so, like, you know, children shouldn't be getting married. Children should not be getting that married. That should be legal. Absolutely. Children should not be in get, getting married. There are other cultures in the world where that age is lower because of where they're at culturally yeah. and stuff like that, where we're at. You know, kind of the numbers, like, you, gotta be, you should be at least 18. You should be able to vote, maybe, but I'm just... That's arbitrary. I'm making yeah. that up. But we don't advocate child marriage. We actually, we advocate adult marriage. You need to be a fully functioning adult yeah. to probably explore it. But you can we be had, that at 19. At, a, at the church I grew up in, there was a, a lady, she's like 90 years old. And she got married when she was 14. Wow. And, and he was 15. It's wild time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And you can say that crazy, but that, was, that wasn't that crazy. Yeah, I mean, they, they were together for like 70 years. And it's so. not like, well, this is the thing. It's not, like we're, what, 50 years removed from people who are getting married super young yeah. regularly. And it's like, it's not like they're fine, right? And yeah. it's not like that's crazy. You're not that different of a human being than they were. Yeah. So. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ta- take us there because yeah. I think it's important. All right. Most people make the decision on who they should marry around the worst possible metrics. Mm. And that's the ones that we're mentioning here. Okay. Uh, if you, if you, there's a spiritual component to this for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond that, like if you're saying, I want to commit myself to living with this person for the rest of my life, all these things that we've mentioned so far, financially stable, done with school, I'm too young, all that stuff is like so quick. If you think about spending 60, 70, 50 years with another human being, what you, how much money you have in the bank in 2020 is totally irrelevant. Totally irrelevant. To the, to the balance of the rest of your life. Yeah. And so people make the decision on, does this person make me happy? And, and you know, I'm financially ready or I'm done with school and it's a good timing and all that kind of stuff. And it's all complete garbage. The, the, the point of our relationships and, and our marriage, our covenant together is to do life with to this build person. build life with the person, <laughs> and right? And how better to do that than in these transitional moments where you can do it with the partner mm-hmm. that you feel like you're going to spend the rest of your life yes. with. So go through school with the, your life partner, you know, not, you know, Dave, who's your roommate. Mm-hmm. Like who cares about Dave? Mm-hmm. You're not even going to know Dave in 10 years. Right. You are going to know your wife or your husband. So- 
Make them your college roommate. Make them your college roommate. You're your first. And again, we're not advocating everyone should get married at a specific age. Mm. What we're doing is we're calling out misconceptions about yeah. marriage because in the culture we live in, it feels like every everything is telling us wait, 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 push it, push it, push yeah. it, push it, push it. Here's all the reasons and, why. And here's and what you're saying is those aren't actually the good reasons no. to get married or not get married. And how 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 like and this kind of goes to the, the to the, these next two. Mm-hmm. So the next two are are not in a stable career, which yep. we kind of already talked about. Yep. It's yeah, a little yeah. bit. It's it's about future and planning and stuff yep. like that. And the last one is that you're not personally ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody recently tell me like I uh, I want to uh, kind of like travel. I want to get to know myself before I uh, get married. Right. And I, and I said to them, to b- both of them, they were both there. I said, uh, you you shouldn't learn how to be on your own. Yeah. Marriage is about being with someone. Yep. And so why not shape each other in the most transitional and kind of chaotic, but in a formative way, why not experience that together? Mm-hmm. If you know that you're going to marry this person, that's kind of the context that we're, I guess we're kind of assuming. Like yep. if, if you feel like you have your partner, yep. pull the trigger. Yeah. Because the only thing that can happen is that you can get used to living without that person and then it makes living with them that much harder. It does make it harder. Yep. I, you know, how many times do we see people who, who, you know, like are dating for years and years and years and years and years and then they like move in together and then it falls apart Totally. because they're trying to, to merge these two op, they're, they're trying to merge these two things that don't go together. Being, so being married being married to somebody and actually committed to lifelong marriage, right? Yeah. Some people who are married and they're not that. actually yeah. committed to yeah, it, they don't have the same ethic. And for those those situations, we're assuming you're not even listening to this podcast. It's fine. <laughs> but for those who think Plus, of marriage yeah. as like a lifelong thing that you are committing to and there's no out, right? right? There's no reason to look for an out. Yeah. Um, you are committing to your whole life yeah. with this person and you are going to have to relearn everything about yourself in the context of being with this person compared to being in the context without this person. And there's a difference between dating and even the difference between dating and living together and actually being married. In dating, you have an out and it's breaking up and there's no legal implications to it. Hopefully there's no children involved yet because you haven't planned for that. Sometimes that happens. We'll get into that. Living together, same thing. You just kind of stop living together. Yeah. You're not committed to life when you're living together and dating. You haven't fully committed to that, so there's an yeah. out. And you live differently when you have that out. Yeah. Like You treat this person differently when you have that out. Yeah. I treated Ashton differently when I knew she could have walked away from me at any moment. And I'm For not sure. saying that's a good thing. I'm saying that's a reality, and I'm learning that about myself. Yeah. There's a difference when all of a sudden we're together and we're not going anywhere, yeah. and so I feel more free right. to be who I actually am yeah which is usually a lot messier messier than i think it was beforehand yeah and so does she and we're and we're having to figure this thing out and everyone goes through that and everyone has to deal with that Mm -hmm. but it's no matter how long you've been on your own it's actually going to be harder yeah because you're going to think you're dope right if you haven't been married to somebody you're going to think you're god's gift (laughs) i did i I read like seven books on marriage I thought I was awesome. I didn't really date anybody until I dated Ashton. Like, yeah. I thought I was God's gift to Ashton, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, like, we're in the thick of marriage, and yeah. I'm, for the last four years, have been relearning. I'm not God's gift to anyone, yeah. let alone to her, and I'm seeing that more now than I ever yeah. have, and I have to relearn so There's much stuff. There's humility to that, for mm-hmm. sure. And you're going to learn that, too. Like, I, I think 
it was like seven years in and we kind of felt like I, I felt like we hit a stride, Austin and I. So mm. I, I think that stuff comes here. I want to, I want to mention one thing. I think there are some good reasons not to get married. Yeah, let's hear it. I want to, I want to tell you the, the biggest reason not to get married is if you are looking for your partner to fix you. Mm. I think that's the thing that, that most people get they get married and find themselves in a bad situation mm. is because they have junk in their life whether it be insecurity or or uh, addiction addiction or whatever and they feel like their partner is going to fix their problem or yeah. financial uh I, I feel and and so they they what they do here's here's what that mentality does is it takes the burden that that is your piece and it puts it on your loved one. Yeah. And it says, you fix this fix for this me. Fix this for me because I can't do it with it myself. <laughs> and, yeah. and I will tell you, that is the fast track of, uh, of a bad time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, I, that's how I approached marriage, mm. to be honest mm. with you. I, I took Austin uh, for granted. Well, not, not for granted. I, I expected everything to be perfect mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for our our relationship to make it so. Mm-hmm. And, and so I brought a lot of that stuff to her. And until I was willing to own my own junk and like, and, and be a partner in this relationship, that was when, uh, things really, really turned around for in, in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And it took us a long time to figure that out. Um, but yeah, it, what was great, what was awesome and what was a, a God thing is that, um, you know, I have an amazing wife who, who we are, you know, committed to each other yeah. through thick and thin. And so we can go to war with those kind of things in our life together, which right. is really cool. That's helpful. So you said, this is what it means to not be ready. Is yeah. well, if you're looking at this person going, they're going to fix my problems, right? They're going to fix if, my financial problems. I suck with my finances. Yeah. They'll be the solution to that. Cause I went in thinking yeah. Ashton's better at this than I am. That'll be fixed. Yeah. They're going to fix your weight problems because you're like, yeah. well, they're going to make me eat healthier. And so we're going to eat healthier together. And I'm going to lose all my way. I went into marriage thinking yeah. that's going to happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's when you're not ready. When are you ready? To get married, yeah. What, what's the? I, I think that there's there's an X factor to it. I I, I talk about um, when I met Austin. Well, we were friends in high school, but when we started dating, I was I realized I had dated some other people and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had I like we started talking, and in one conversation, I was like, "This is a different thing." Hmm. And I I kind of knew, you know. Um, and I don't think that's true for everybody. Yeah, but. Uh, for me, it was, and I think that it's the when you're when you're able to look at this person and say, no matter what their behavior is like, I want to be with them, and like I will I will commit myself to them with no strings attached. Yep. I think that's the moment when you're ready. I think that's it. I think that I agree 100. Yeah. That's ex- that's what I was going to say myself. I was going to say you're ready when you're sitting across the table from someone who you look at and you go. This person exhibits the most important characteristics of someone that I should be married to. Yeah. And if you have some level of self-awareness about what's good for you and stuff like that, then you'll know that. And they're actually saying the same thing about you. They're willing to marry you. Yeah. Like, you don't want to wait that much longer. Yeah. You don't, you know, because first of all, you're not God's gift. So somebody better than you might come along. Right. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Second of all, like your feelings are going to change constantly. Yeah, yeah. Inside of marriage, outside of marriage. Feelings are another tale. So, that should have been one of the things. Yeah, actually, I, it should have been. Why I can't get married because I don't feel like I love them anymore. You're so, ready anyway. when you're sitting across the table from someone else who you're going to look at and go, I'll do anything to stay with this person and fight for this, and yeah. I'm in a position to say that and commit to that wholeheartedly, and they are too. Like, yeah. there's, nothing, there's nothing else really you need. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's a big thing. And and I think commitment's hard hard for, you know, our listeners and stuff. Like we we feel we feel the pressure of that. And mm-hmm. I think that you should. Yeah. You know, like don't make this, you know, like we the misconceptions are are um are the frivolous things that we talk about when we comes comes to marriage, but there are really 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 important things about deciding who your partner is going to be. Mm-hmm. And and those should be taken into the utmost consideration. Yeah. Because you, if, if you take marriage vows seriously, you know, which I think everybody should, you know, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, it's a one way ticket in a lot of ways. Right. And, to be. and obviously that there's, there's things that happen in life. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that should be mourned and not felt as like a escape hatch, you know, right. to, to be pulled. Um, and, and luckily God gives us the ability to, to sort of get out of really bad situations. But uh, I think that the most important thing is to, is to, to be able to look that other person in the eye and say, I'm going to go through thick and thin with you no matter what. Yeah. And to mean it. And then a side pro tip, don't do it alone. Do n- no yeah. marriage exists alone. Get good advice. It is not, it is not between just you and the other person. For one, I tell every couple I marry this, every yeah. single one of them, and, and it's quite a few nowadays. I tell every single one, your marriage actually is bigger than the two of you. How well you're doing with one another it actually impacts how how I have experienced life. So it yeah. matters. Your community matters. The people you're around matters. If they have kind of hesitations and different opinions about it, it matters less than yours, but it yeah. matters. And if you're seeking advice, go to people who actually have proven success in this, people who are honorable and live honorable and respectable lives. Don't go to your friend who's not married. Yeah. Don't go to your friend who's living <laughs> with their boyfriend. Don't go to your, yeah. you know, your uncle who's on his third marriage. Right. The, sometimes their advice makes you feel better yeah. about yourself because it's, it's going to be tickling to your ears. It may not be that most helpful, yeah. wise advice. Go to people who you look at and go, they're still married. And, How do and you do that? <laughs> they, yeah, they live an honorable life. And you may look yeah. at them and go, but they're kind of boring. There's probably something to that. We love boring. There's probably yeah. a lot of wisdom to that. And there's probably yeah. a lot of things to learn from that. So go to people, yeah. ask them, talk to them about it before you make that kind of big decision because it is big. Yeah. But don't sit around and wait forever. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah, don't wait for these these reasons. Anyway, that's our podcast for today, Young Man's Guide to Life. We are two young men giving you somewhat of a guide to life. <laughs> Probably terrible yeah. advice. Your, Disclaimer. Some of your parents are absolutely going to hate that. They're going to ask you to, <laughs> you're, they're going to block us from your internet feed. Yeah, right? totally. They're going to put internet, I'm sorry about that, but... But this is the truth, and we're trying to be as we want to be helpful. Like we actually care about young adults. We're in young adult ministry. We yeah. care about it. We love you guys. We think it's important that you share these things with you because somebody may not be saying these kinds of things to you. Yeah. And uh, and we hope that it was helpful and beneficial to you. If it wasn't, ignore everything we said. <laughs> but the point of this podcast is to call out misconceptions about adulthood, yeah. to learn from the mistakes of others, and we hope that you learned from some of our mistakes in this conversation, but also to empower you to take risk, a yeah. risk-like commitment, empower you to take risks to live the best life that God has for you. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh.